Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Roper Report podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. My name's Rich Spate and I'm joined down the line today from Dublin by Mike Dunn. How are you? Yeah, not bad, Rich. Um, a little bit tired after watching that snooze fest there for the last two hours, but uh, yeah. other than that, I'm okay. And we've also got down the line at a very reasonable hour of about 11 o'clock in uh, Australia, we've got Martin Wallace. How are you, Martin? I'm all right, mate. Yes, in the playoffs. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Let's be positive. We've we've finished in a good position. We've finished uh, fourth in the league. Um, I think uh, if you look at our record over the season, it's twenty three wins, seventeen draws, and nine losses. And we finished fourth on goal difference from Lincoln City. So we'll be playing Lincoln City away first, and then we'll be playing at home uh, in the second leg. So. A decent result overall for the season, especially when you consider where we were um, at, uh, just before Christmas time. Is that do you, do you do you agree with that, Mike? That despite the bit of a, a bore draw today, we can't be too downbeat. Uh, not at all. No, I suppose as you just said before, um, Lee Johnson came in, it wasn't looking great at all. And in fairness, you have to give him credit. The job he's done has been amazing. I think obviously a few weeks ago we all got a little bit excited when. Uh, we could smell the automatics there. But if mm. over in the overall season, now playoffs, you'd absolutely take it. And you have to say, you nearly fancy your chances against any of the teams that are left there now. So especially with no Portsmouth or Charlton. So no, it's been, it's been a good season overall. Yeah, I um, can't complain really, Martin. What, do you agree that um, it's a decent finish to the season in terms of our league position? I think, um, you know, finishing fourth in a three-horse race isn't um, going to have anybody too ecstatic at, at that, is it? But look, we've we finished in the playoffs. We've got the um, what I think is the best position in the playoffs. Mm. At the start of the day, I would have took fourth ahead of third um, and call me mad, but Lee Johnson's checking his phone during the game and he, he might have been thinking the same. Um, we, mm. we started to kick into action a little bit when Blackpool scored. Um, but, you know, look, obviously we would have taken on anybody who we... We got there, but to me, what we've ended up with, and obviously we'll delve into the game, and it wasn't the the best of games at all, was it? But you know where we've ended up with at the end of the game, in terms of position, in terms of the playoff opponents, in terms of how we have those two fixtures. We've got a Saturday afternoon game at the stadium. I like to look forward to in the second leg, and I think you know it's it's ended up actually the best scenario 
that it could have ended up. Yeah, I think avoiding um, avoiding that team that's just squeezed into sixth in Oxford might well be um, a really good thing. Uh, I couldn't have bared having Carl Robinson's face yeah. <laughs> in the stand, glaring in his bloody Scouse accent. Oh, man. That, <laughs> that's worth avoiding just on its own, I think. Well, that was the bit of news just before kickoff, wasn't it? That um, that Robinson's been banned for four games, mm. and they they will cover the the playoffs. And also, Jamie McAllister's received a ban as well. He wasn't, wasn't there, on the touchline yeah. today for uh, Sunderland, so maybe that a good one to have avoided them. You never know; we might might find them uh, at Wembley with us. But um, let's look at this game. And we're kind of avoiding talking about it, aren't we? Because it was not <laughs> not the most entertaining uh, early afternoon uh, game we've ever seen. But uh, just looking at the lineup, it was quite a strong one. It was actually looked quite close to what Lee Johnson might consider his, his best 11. So he started with Burgeon goal and then uh, Hume and McLaughlin at um, full back with O'Nine and Wright continuing the partnership in the middle. It was Scowan and Power uh, in centre and midfield with Diamond on the right, Jones on the left, and Gooch sitting behind uh, Charlie White. What did you think of that uh, lineup, Mike? Were, were you surprised that there weren't more changes? We didn't see some kind of uh, you know younger players given a, a shot or uh, do you think it was all about trying to keep that momentum going in the lead up to the playoff games? Yeah, you know, it was hard to know what Johnson was going to do really before the game. I I thought he uh, might have gone with a few changes, maybe give some um, lads minutes who haven't really started games lately. But he went the opposite way, and, and as you said, Richie probably went nearly as full strength as possible. We kind of missed Stewart after his performance last week against Plymouth. He was really really mm. good because I think the way he stretched the play last week really suited our game. But overall, maybe maybe Johnson was trying to get a maybe a comfortable victory today, considering we're playing Northampton and, as you said, build some momentum into the playoffs. But um, yeah, that that looks like it could be as, as strong as it could be for the playoffs uh, going forward. And I think some lads needed the minutes, the likes of Bailey Wright, Hume. It was good to get them the game time. Uh, but obviously, some lads might be thinking now that they didn't perform very well today, and there could be changes going into the playoff game against Lincoln. It was certainly disappointing performance overall, wasn't it, um, Martin? I mean. We got into a lot of decent areas uh, throughout the game, really, from start to finish. We were getting the ball wide. We were getting the ball, you know, 25 yards out with with an opportunity to get the ball in the box. But we weren't creating much. What do you think needs to change for us to kind of start creating more kind of clear-cut, proper chances, Martin? I think throughout the whole season, whenever we've played a team who sits back and puts 11 men behind the ball, we've struggled Mm. to break them down. And you look at Wigan at home, Plymouth at home, Northampton away. Um, I think it was at Wimbledon at home or M- MK Dons at home, Burton at home. You know, we've had a continual struggle and it's been a recurring problem that we just can't break teams down if, if we have a lot of possession there behind the ball. Um, today, I thought the, the centre midfield was really to to blame for a lot of that. Um, I think they put a lot of great work in off the ball, but in terms of on mm-hmm. the ball... They were passing backwards and sideways and they weren't progressing up the field with the ball and they weren't trying to make adventurous passes to, to sort of spring them and get, get in behind them. And, you know, looking into the playoffs, the chances are we're not going to come up against a team like that. Um, we play yeah. our best football when we, you know, it's not necessarily teams going at us full pelt, but when teams are prepared to give as good as they get. And I think in the playoffs, although they'll probably be tight cage of games, we'll, we might um, do a bit better, but... You know, it, I think we, you know, as as we said there, you know, we had a lot of possession. 
we um, we controlled the game to a, an extent. Um, you know, they didn't look like scoring too much until until they did, which is often often the case when you <laughs> you're in in a situation like that, isn't it? But it's it's that you know it's it's not a surprise that game it was not a surprise whatsoever. You know, you've got a team in Northampton who have got nothing to play for, pressure's completely off, and you've got our team as you, um, Mike, you said. You know, we've we pretty much got that full strength side there. Maybe Diamonds are one you'd have a question mark about starting in, in the playoffs, but you've got nine or ten players there who are guaranteed to start if they're fit, regardless of what happened today. So, you know, you're looking at mm-hmm. avoiding suspension, avoiding injury, and, you know, people might think, well, you just go out and bloody win and do it and be professional. At the back of your mind, regardless of how much you try not for it not to be a factor, you're going to be concerned about getting that knock, getting a red card, and missing out on, on those three games. So, you know, it, it's a really, it's it's a it's a, just a shit game to analyse. It's a shit game to <laughs> to delve into, and but it is, isn't it? Because there's so much context to it that's mm. unusual, and it's just yeah, a, yeah. a game that we had to get through unscathed. As I say, we've got the best possible outcome out of the game. The performance was crap. Yes, it was. We didn't threaten them. We should have. I was hoping it'd be a five nil massacre, and we go in bouncing with confidence. But you know, it rarely works out like that, does it? Certainly with us. That's what I was expecting. I was, kind of, I was kind of going into this. I spoke to my dad before the game. I was like, "Oh, I think, we're, I think you know, we're, we're due skinning somebody, and maybe we're saving that up for the for the playoffs." It would be nice, wouldn't but it? It would be, wouldn't it? It would be nice. It would be absolutely lovely to go in and like be comfortable going into the the, the second leg. But uh, I can't see that happening because we're sports <laughs> on land. Um, but like, really, really quickly, going over some of the major incidents in the game. The first half was was reasonably dull. We got again got into some decent positions, but I think the 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 only thing I've got marked down with stars in my notes was uh, just before half time. Um, Max Power had a shot that was set up nicely by by Lyndon Gooch, and we had nine corners. We were very, very, very wasteful. I think in the first half, and the big the biggest incident. Well, I guess the biggest talking point was whether Lugo nine. Uh, had deliberately elbowed um, their player in in the face. Uh, it was Danny Rose, wasn't it? Uh, not that Danny Rose, the other Danny Rose. What do you think, Mike? Do you, I mean, I, I know Martin and I have disagreed on on this in, on our group chat, but uh, what do you think? Oh, oh, you didn't see it, did you? You missed it. So yeah, I missed it. Yeah. Have you seen the highlights of it? I I didn't see it, but I mean, from what I can interpret of online over the last few weeks, anyway. And you were saying this, Rich, as well. I tend to agree with you. He is a little bit of a shit house. <laughs> he knows where to stick his elbow yeah. in. Um, but again, it could have just been a clumsy challenge. I mean, Martin, you you probably saw it better than me, but I think Anion is prone to to leaving his elbow in. He likes to to show show he's around. No, he, he doesn't. Look, we, we've seen throughout the course of the season that Anion's very good at doing little niggly things that go unnoticed by the yeah. match officials. We've got a couple of goals from him blocking off runners and stuff, haven't we? So. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, that that looked like one of those things where he's consciously defending rather than doing it subconsciously. So you know he's got his arm out to to you know steady himself to block the the run of the the defender, and he's consciously doing it. And, you know the trouble was there; he wasn't actually close enough to the defender to to defend properly against him. So he ends up mm-hmm. clattering him in the face. Um, I, I don't think it was an intentional elbow, but it was certainly a, a very conscious arm across to. To stop him, so I think um, I think any penalty for that would have been extremely harsh. I have to say, and it's lucky he's lucky well, he didn't get a yellow card, isn't it? Because he got got one. Well, in the yeah, exactly. Half. Close, exactly, yeah. The, that was the thing. You know, you mentioned before people not not picking up 
um, suspensions and and uh, you know keeping themselves on on the park and we didn't have the option to bring Luke nine off, which I know would have been a possibility if there was a centre half on the on the bench after that uh, one where Wright sold him sold him short and he kind of had to foul in the second half, didn't he? Um, so just going over the second half action again. Gooch had a good chance just after half time. It was knocked down by nicely by Charlie Wyke uh, from a ball in. Uh, Gooch uh, managed to get in front of the defender, but the goalkeeper I thought made a really good save down at his uh, at Gooch's feet. And then you know again um, you had a shot from Aidan O'Brien over the bar on 69 minutes after he'd came on. And then really the biggest chance before the goals was was when jordan jones put the the ball over the bar from a nice one too did you expect that to go in mike yeah you would have thought it as well he he did really well good build up play before then um, and i could see after when he shot the ball all the players around him throwing their arms in the air as well it was it was a bad enough miss mm. by jones but i think as you said second half overall you know we we huffed and puffed a lot i do think maguire and McGeady made a difference when they came on uh, but again we never really had any clear cut chances and it was all just half chances um, and that, that was probably the best of a bad lot nearly um, and that's probably one thing that you little little be worried about going into the playoffs we need to maybe be a little more clinical going into the playoffs with those goals but yeah then obviously after that we got our goal or we conceded our goal and Bailey Wright got caught out didn't he? Yeah absolutely he got caught out um, giveaway free kick uh, Martin do you think there's any blame at all for Lee Burge about the goal going in I mean it, it took a wicked deflection nah. off Grant Ledbitter Nah it's just one one of them isn't it? Can't do much about it. Mm. That's why I've got it noted down as it was. <laughs> I mean, he, I thought he did great to get a, get a tip onto it, yeah. to be honest. I don't think you can mark him down at all for that. But and, and it was literally, I think, one of the only touches he had, other than kind of gathering the ball and, and distributing it. A couple of minutes later, Jordan Jones pops up with a, a ball that was looks like it was aimed at the back post. Uh, it hit the back post, it hit the front post and bounced out to Carl Winchester and he managed to poke it home. And after that, really, the, the, the game looked like a, a proper dead rubber at that point and, and fizzled out to a 1-1 draw. So uh, let's quickly go through these player ratings because, to be honest, I can see there have been lots of fives and sixes uh, amongst <laughs> amongst these. I'll start, as is customary, with Lee Burge. He had no chance for the goal in hardly touched the, the ball for the rest of the game. I, thought, oh, I actually thought his distribution was reasonably well. I have no reason to knock him down from the average six, so he gets a six from me. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you first, and I give you uh, Denver Hume. Yeah, uh, I thought neat, he was neat and tidy today earlier on. He pushed forward well, which obviously he's good at. I was talking about that through the week on the website. It was a really good, brilliant, clean tackle about 15 minutes in that he uh, mm. he did. It was, it was really impressed with that. Um, as again linked up with Jordan Jones well at times as the game went on I think really overall it's all positive for him because it's just about minutes in the bank for him going into the playoffs uh, and I think he was probably one of our better players today so I've given him a six and a half yeah I think that I think that's really fair I think Chris has gone with seven actually on on the site um, Martin uh, Conor McLaughlin I'll come on to McLaughlin in a sec but I just think one of the interesting things with Hume right is that mm. like all of last season when he was playing and obviously at the start of this season He's been playing as a wing-back, hasn't he? And that's where he's played the vast majority of first-team football. So for him to come back from injury with all the expectation and having more defensive responsibility, I think that's a bigger challenge than people actually realise. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he, he's done really well so far. He's, he's, he's well, getting yeah. fitter and fitter. But as you say, that tackle that he put in at the start was just, it just showed me that you know, he's, he's improving on that defensive side of things. 
but he hasn't necessarily had that um, responsibility too much, you know. I definitely. So, um, McLaughlin? Anyway, Conor McLaughlin. Um, <laughs> I thought he did all right. I think, um, you know, again, somebody coming back from injury. Um, I think in the first first five minutes, I'd written down Cafu because he, he did a nice little spin in the turn. He did a little <laughs> trick. I was like, we've got Cafu sorry, McLaughlin yeah. here. <laughs> You've nearly made me spit out my, uh, my diet coat there. What a comparison. Cafu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> he returned the type, didn't he? But no, look, I think I think he's he's doing all right. And look, I, I really hope he's fit for the playoffs because he's our only natural right back, and he looks like a natural League One right back. And then um, look, he, he got caught out a couple of times, and he? he had two two goals at some somebody's pretty lucky not to pick up a yellow card in the first half of those those two fouls in very quick succession. Um, but yeah, I, I just hope he he wasn't the timing of his substitution seemed a bit strange. Coming off five minutes after half time, I would have thought it was either at half time or after sixty, you know. But um, hopefully he hasn't. He, he hasn't. Might, anything, he might have felt a uh, knock or something there. I think. Yeah, look, it looks as if he might have, which is a would be a concern, wouldn't it? But um, anyway, I've given him a six. Right, so I'll take uh, Luke on nine. I thought it was steady away actually, other than being forced to take that yellow card in the second half. Uh, he was he was solid. I do think it was a slightly naughty. Uh, won that one in the first half as well but uh, in general I've given him a six I don't think you can fault his performance uh, today and um, yeah maybe just sometimes lacks that that natural centre-backs positional sense uh, and that might be uh, as Martin suggested might be why he gives away um, some of those uh, naughty fouls as well because he gets himself in the wrong position so Mike I'm going to come to you for uh, Billy Wright mixed bag I talked today um for a lot of the game, he didn't really have much to do. We were kind of dominant in possession and there wasn't really any attacks on our goal. Um, obviously, the positive, it's all about minutes for him going into the playoffs. He had a good interception on the 35th, which kind of stopped a good uh, counter-attack for Northampton. But then he was a little mm. bit sloppy with the ball. His distribution wasn't great at times. I think it was 58 minutes, he, he lost the ball on the edge of our box. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously, he gave the free away. So um, you got the yellow for that card as well, for the free kick. So I thought he was... Average enough today. I think he was a little bit exposed at times. Maybe it's just his lack of fitness, but hopefully that will come obviously with more game time. I've given him a five and a half. Yeah, well, um, Chris has gone for a four on the website, um, and I, and I, I think I tend to agree with with Chris that you know he he was the the look the weak link in our yeah. defence. Anyway, Martin, um, Max Power. I think he he did an awful lot of great work off the ball. Especially in the first half, he was very high on on pressing the um, the Northampton defence, and he was trying to encourage the the team to get up there and and press. But as I touched upon before, in terms of the the the, the control our centre midfield gets on the game, it was poor today. And I thought, you know, I, mm. I, we need more from power. We need power to be taken the game by the scruff of the neck and dominating things. And he's just not getting involved enough for me. Um, and you know, we just, I say we just need more. You know, he's he's been shoved around, hasn't he? He's been right back and centre half, and mm-hmm. he's gone back in midfield. So you know, you can understand it a bit, but he's to me, he's just not showing enough for what we need our central central midfielder captain to to show. So maybe harshly, I've gone for a five for for power because I just we need more. Yeah, I thought it was a five or six, and he and he was subbed on sixty five as well. So it's, it's it's a little bit difficult when someone comes off that early. Um, to give a, a fully rounded mark. And um, again, Josh Scow and I have got 
um, as well, and, and a very similar performance. I thought I thought early on he looked really bright, and he burst through the middle um, on eight minutes, and and looked like he was going to put in that kind of positive supporting midfielder um, performance that I've been looking for. I thought his pressing was good, but overall I thought he played far too deep, and and that just left a, a big hole behind that front line. There seemed to be 20, 30 yards where North Sunderland player was, was around in the, in the centre of the park. So that was disappointing, but I guess that's part of how he's been asked to play. And I've given him a six uh, for his overall performance. So I'll come to you, Mike, for, for Jack Diamond. Yeah, I honestly thought he was probably our best player earlier on. Uh, he pressed well, he was tracking back, he was winning tackles at our own box. He's very positive taking his men on. Obviously, his final ball is very hit and miss, um, but he, like he gets you onto your edge of your seat. And I think as, as he gets older with more game time, his consistency will come. There was one chance I think he had. He was very hesitant on the edge of our box. Mm. when he, he should have shot a lot earlier than he did after a good link-up play with Charlie Wyke. Um, and I mean, I think he, he, that was a good, good opportunity for us in the first half. Um, he was obviously taken off at halftime, but I thought at times he looked good, but it was a mixed bag again. I've given him a five and a half too. I think that's pretty fair. Um, and uh, on the other wing, Martin, was uh, Jordan Jones uh, involved in a lot of what happened today, wasn't he? He wasn't. I have to say, Jones confuses me a bit as a player. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've had, and I, I have to admit, I've, I'd never seen him play really before we came to, to Sunderland. I'd never seen him play for Rangers or up in Scotland. But all the reports suggested he was a, a left winger who, who liked to cut inside and you know, dangerous from, from that position. And to me, he looks lost when he plays on the left. He, he drifts inside. He, he struggles to get involved mm-hmm. in the game. And I thought first half, he had a couple of dangerous moments. He had a shot early on, I think, didn't he? But um, he, he struggled to get involved. And I thought second half, he was by far our best player. I thought he was our biggest threat. Yes, he, should, he absolutely should, should have scored, shouldn't he? But mm-hmm. if we were going to do anything, it was going to come through him. And as, mm-hmm. as Mike said earlier, you know, we, we need to find different ways of scoring. And our default way of trying to score was get the ball out wide and clip across it. And we saw it when McGeady came on, everything went down the left, clipped in the mm-hmm. cross. And that chance that Jones missed was a rare occasion when we actually went through the centre, played a quick one-two yeah. and tried to create a bit of space going through the, the middle of the park. And I, I was really impressed with him in the second half. Although, like, It wasn't a perfect performance by any stretch. Nothing, um, sorry, Not everything came off. But if anything was going to happen... It was going to be through him, and that's exactly what happened. Like that, that, that was a, a cross, I think, to O'Brien at the far stick, and it, as you say, it bounced off one post onto the other. But you know, that was a really dangerous ball to come in from him, and I, I don't think we've got you know that many players who could do that um, at that point in the game. So I actually, it, it was a mixed bag. But you know, and you look at the other performances that Jones has put in for us down the right, and I can think of two. Two goals instantly where he's he's whipped crosses in from the right, one a pinpoint cross and one where he's he's dribbled in, in from the right and played a ball into Gucci to score. And like to me he just looks far more dangerous there than just anywhere else in the pitch. And I think mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking for things to pick up from um from this game to take into the playoffs, one of them big things is that Jones has to start on the right hand side of attack through the playoff series. Anyway, Mark, that was a long yeah. monologue without giving you a mark. Seven. <laughs> I've gone for. Seven. Oh, I think that that's 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 fair enough. I had six in the first half. I think you got six and a half in the end from me, and um, and yeah, I think he's uh, been given a, a six by Chris as well. Um, so um, Lyndon Gooch, I've got. I thought he was really good 
actually. I thought um, he put in some some great crosses. He did seem to disappear during parts of the game. He was switched now and again with Jones when Jones came in the middle. And I thought Gooch played really well and actually went to right back or right wing back, whatever you want to call it, in the second half. I think that versatility is, is an absolute you know, massive positive for the for the team. And overall I thought um he was the bright spark in, in Sunderland's side along with along with Jones and uh, and I've I've given him a, a seven. So uh Charlie Wyke uh is the, the last of the, the starting eleven and and you can have him Mike. Yeah, uh looked a little lethargic to me today. He didn't really get into the game at all. I suppose we didn't really get many crosses into him in the first half especially which obviously didn't help because that's that's obviously that's his strength. Again, I didn't really stretch defenders. Something I'm contrasting with Ross Stewart last week, last week, which I thought was really good. Um, I just think we, he was a little too static, really, and he didn't give us an option up top. Uh, he had a good knockdown for Gooch's chance in 48. It was probably the best moment of the mm-hmm. game for him. Um, but overall, for White today, I was disappointed with him. I gave him a five. Yeah, Chris has gone with four. I thought he was a, a five was a, a, a fair enough mark, but you can see why you'd go one lower than that because there's real contribution to the the game was was pretty much minimal before he came off on on uh, 65 minutes so i'm going to take a, a few of the subs because there were there were a lot of subs there were five subs and they're all on for a substantial amount of time i'll run through the first three and i'll give uh, uh, you the the last two martin uh, i thought mcgeedy came on at half time i thought he looked bright but generally looked frustrated there were some poor passes and poor crosses or crosses that just people just didn't get on the end of you know uh, and didn't make the right movement for. He, he does look like he's he's got a lot of intent, um, and it would be great to see him coming off the bench and being more effective in the playoffs, maybe. And and I've given him a five because I, I just thought it was disappointing uh, on occasions. Uh, Chris Maguire, quite similar, really came on fifty one, uh, a few ineffective crosses, but he had a nice shot on on seventy nine minutes uh, that was comfortable for the keeper. Did slow down play on occasions, but I thought he probably earned a, a five and a half. And Grant Ledbetter, I thought it was a, a bit um, anonymous after coming on, and the major contribution to the to the to the game was a, a deflection for their goal. And I've given him a five as well. Martin, I'll come to you for for the last two Winchester and O'Brien. Yeah, Winchester. I think you know performance wise, he, he was much of a muchness with the the midfielders that had preceded him. Really, you know, he, he doesn't pass. I actually like Winchester. I think he looks a a good, elegant player, really, can pass the ball around, but mm-hmm. it's it's generally safe passing, isn't it? It's, it's retaining mm-hmm. possession rather than trying to create. Um, but you know, he he did well to get on, you know, get up into the box to get that um, rebound from the post to, to equalise. So mm-hmm. I've given him a six. Um, and O'Brien, I think he he had a, an early shot, didn't he? That he skied, and that was he ran around a bit, but he didn't really affect the game too much. So I've, I've given him a five. Yeah, I think they're all really fair rating some. Um, Mike, I'm going to give you first shot at uh, your nomination for Man of the Match. Yeah, bit of a difficult one today. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, I, I've, I've given to Jordan Jones based on the fact that I think he was just our most dangerous op- uh, option on the pitch today. I think um, all our best play came through him. Obviously, he basically created the goal and he probably had our best chance before that. So yeah, I think he was our best player today and maybe a shout for Denver Hume who I thought linked up well with him down that wing as well. Yeah, and Martin, do you uh, do you agree? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yep, yeah, you're going with Jones. Well, I I I am going to put in a shout for Lyndon Gooch because I thought actually I thought he looked he looked really bright and and most of what he did was was pretty good quality. But uh, 
just looking at um, the player ratings on the website, Denver Hume has been given man of the match by Chris. I think it was definitely one of those where it was hard to really pick out a standout performance, really. So rate the manager. It's, a fu- again, a funny one. We've had the theory that it was a absolute perfect execution of a plan to finish fourth. Um, and, and I know there are a lot of people on social media who are really, really frustrated with with Johnson's performance in that game. So, uh, Mike, what have you given Lee Johnson? It's, again, it's hard to judge. I mean, what do you, what do you say? He, he, I suppose he got a lot of the players' game time before the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. He gave like 45 to Diamond, 45 to McGeady. I, I don't think he was really too worried about today. I think his head's in a couple of weeks' time. Obviously, our attack wasn't great, but overall, I'd give him a six based on the fact I don't really want to judge him too harshly or too like positively based on this game today. Maybe in a couple of weeks' time, I can judge him better looking back in reflection over this. So, six for me. And Martin, your assessment? Yeah, I think, again, it's it's a really hard one to to judge anything on really today. I think, um, you know, we've, we've got the the result that we needed, but it wasn't about the result. The, the only thing I would potentially not criticise him on but you know question is the team selection I think to, to play mm. so many players who were who pretty much nailed on at the start in the playoffs mentally is a difficult thing to do and I, I would have loved to have seen Maguire start um, mm. he's somebody who's got a point to prove and you know if you if you put two or three more players in there who had a point to prove to, to stake a claim for the, the playoffs you see a different performance to lift everybody else up um, so I, I would question him on, on that but oh, look overall I think it's again the context of everything going on, I think it's a really difficult one to judge. Six didn't didn't impress us too much, but you know, it's a point. Doesn't matter. I agree with that rating. I've gone for a six as well. Chris has gone for a five. I think that probably reflects. Um, it wasn't a great performance, but you can't really um, you can't really sniff at the fact that we finished in fourth and we're going to be playing Lincoln in ten days' time. So we've got that to look forward to. I'm sure there'll be uh, loads more content coming from uh, Roker Report on the website and uh, the podcast in advance of the playoffs. A little bit of good news um, out of the ladies' team over the last few days is that the club have submitted an application to be uh, promoted to the the Women's Championship. So there's still a fantastic chance that both of the Sunderland senior teams will be in the second tier next season so uh, thank you all for listening do give us a rating on your podcatcher of choice and share on social media and we'll speak to you again soon Sarah Where am I going I don't know Where am I hidden I am searching all and always I am on my way Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.